welcome to this week's episode of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. We've got two regular segments for you today and one bonus segment. Starting things off, as usual, we have news with myself, Neil, Zach, and Patrick. After that, we've got a segment of the Kid Icarus multiplayer modes, and that's with Neil, Patrick, and Alex. And after the outro, we have a bonus segment about Journey, the recent PSN release, and that's with Mike and Zach. Enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new segment of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson, finally back from having a baby. Well, did you really have the baby? Jesse did point this out last week that uh, he hoped that you didn't have the baby, but I wasn't sure. Uh, I did. It was all, it was single, <laughs> just me. <laughs> I impregnated myself and had the baby. All right, so moving on. <laughs> Scott, I'm your Aphrodite. Good to know. Neil Ronahan and Zachary Miller and Patrick Barnett. Hello, gentlemen. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk some news, and then we're going to have some listener mail. And uh, I have been dead for the past week, so I'm going to let Patrick start with news, because I probably didn't know about any of it. I, yeah, um, so the first story, basically, this is pretty big news, I guess. Neil's pretty excited. Um, Epic Mickey is coming to the Wii. In, yeah, we were, uh, we were talking about the rumors just last week, and yeah, I guess we confirmed. Were. Epic it's Mickey confirmed. 2, uh, The Power of 2, or I, I don't know if it's, I think it's Epic Mickey... The Power of Two, not Epic Mickey Two. The Power of Two, because that just sounds dumb. But it's, I mean, it's a sequel to the original game. The the big changes are that there will be co-op with Mickey and Oswald. Oswald apparently has like some kind of remote that he uses to control electronic stuff. Um, and then uh, you know, the camera should be refined. Apparently, they've made a one thousand changes to the <laughs> camera system. Um, also, it will be a fucking musical. There are original songs. <laughs> Written by people that will be in this in this game. Um, it will also be all fully voiced. Um, Oswald is going to have a voice, Frank Welker to be specific, who we know from I think he voiced Scooby Doo and something in a Transformers movie. Megatron. Yes, yes, he was Megatron. What was that Hugo Weaving? Yeah, that it was Megatron in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It was Hugo um, Weaving, it, but it, you it, couldn't tell Fra- in the terrible. Frank movies. Welker has been around for forever in voice acting, so that's pretty cool that they have him. Um, did you but, know Frank Welker did the dinosaur noises in the Jurassic Park game? <laughs> no, Wait, which, not. which, which game? Know. The, All the terrible them. PS3 one, 360. Oh, the one that came out recently. Oh, like the, wasn't that by Telltale? Oh, oh wow. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Epic Mickey, The Power of Two, uh, you know, second verse is similar to the first, just improved. It's also coming to 316 PS3, but Wii is the lead platform. Junction Point, uh, Warren Spector's company, is working on it, and Blitz Games is doing the port to 316 PS3. I believe it is going to use the Move Controller, but it will not use Connect, um, which, I mean, kind of makes sense, given how the game is. But, I mean, it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be set in the same location, except for it's going to be changed. Apparently there's, like, earthquakes and shit. Um, but that's not really the exciting part. The exciting part is the 3DS version called Epic Mickey Power of Illusion, which is being developed by our friends over at Dream Rift, who are the guys behind Monster Tail and Henry Hatsworth. And what this is is not just a sequel to Epic Mickey. It's a sequel to Castle of Illusion for the Sega Genesis. Now that is exciting. That is actually awesome. 22 years after that game came out, we're getting a sequel. 
Um, just like Kid Icarus. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty much, it's like Kid Icarus, except for it's an even bigger gap. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, it looks really, really cool. Uh, I was reading the latest issue of Nintendo Power, which is a big article and interview with Peter Ong from Dream Rip. And the pictures are really cool, cause it just looks like it's a Sega Genesis game in 3D. Um, and it's gonna be a platformer, side scroll, of the side scrolling variety. You'll go through different Disney worlds based off of animated movies. There were Scrooge McDuck is in it. So is Peter Pan. Um, yeah. How about the terrible dinosaurs from Dinosaur? Uh, I, I doubt it. Except the Carnotaurs. They were awesome. Oh, man. I, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, it's easy to forget about cool. that movie. Yeah, it was not a good movie. <laughs> Land but, Before Time in 3D. Yeah, but it will use the, uh, the stylus. It looks like most of the action is going to take place on the top screen. But at least there, there's one image... In the, uh, the article that shows off that, like, you know, the touch screen is going to be all pretty and in 3D. And then on the bottom screen, you'll have the ability to kind of draw in items. And apparently, to the degree of which you draw in items, they will be more effective. The example that they give me the article is, uh, you know, you draw a cannon. If you draw a shitty cannon, it could hurt you and people around it. If you draw a really good cannon, it'll shoot really good cannonballs. Oh, wow. Um, and it just seems like the bottom screen might be some sort of overlay of the top when you draw stuff in. Which seems to be a good way to still make use of the stereoscopic 3D. Indeed. Yeah. And still give you stuff to do on the touchscreen. Yeah, which is something developers haven't very very much done a good job of so far on no. the 3DS. And I would also like to announce, uh, he's not here to defend his throne, so I might just win. Uh, but at E3 this year, if Mike's Glenn's does indeed go, we will fight in front of the Disney booth for who will get to review the 3DS game. <laughs> Excellent. I am only half kidding when I said that to him uh, the other day, because he, he, he emailed me being like, I want to review this game, and I'm like, I will fight you for it. We can do it in front of the developer at E3. We Rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we should do a live uh, Disney trivia battle on the show. Oh, then I'd lose. Oh, well, that's yeah, I know. a great idea. I'd rather then... fight. I think I can take him in a fight. He's, he's a tall, lanky dude. I got a little more heft to me. <laughs> it's like he looks like Topher Grace, goddammit. Like, yeah, that shouldn't be so bad. <laughs> I'm like Topher yeah. Grace in that '70s show, not Topher Grace in like Spider-Man or Predators. Right. <laughs> yeah, Predators. Yeah, I, I never saw that. that. But but anyway, yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to check out both games. Epic Mickey for Wii. There's a little more uh, there's a little more hesitancy after the first one, but I'm a big enough Disney fan that I'll be keeping an eye on it. Uh, Do you... I, and it's all coming out this fall. Do you think you guys would will pick this up on the Wii, or do you think you'd go for the HD version at this uh, point? Wii, Wii is the lead platform. Right, I'm but not going to take any chances with it. Um, I mean, in all honesty, I'll probably play it on Wii U. Well, it's yeah, going to be backwards compatible. Cool I'll probably end up playing it on Wii U. It'll be like Pokemon Black and White. Do you think Except there's going to be a Wii U-specific version? I don't know. Um, like Twilight Princess? <laughs> it it kind of depends on when it comes out. There was something, I think a European site showed a September release date. In that case, no, I don't think there will be a Wii U version. <laughs> However, if it gets delayed for any kind of reason, I wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe they try to Wii U it up. But we'll see. I mean, we're getting to that point where is a game going to... You know, come out a little late on Wii U? Will it get a specific version a little later? I mean, who knows? A lot of this is up in the air. And we probably won't find out until June. I'm a little disappointed they didn't go with Epic Mickey, Epic Harder. Yeah. <laughs> title, but that's okay. That would be good. I'm hoping the song's rival conquers Bad Fur Day, which is probably the I best, doubt it. best musical uh, video game of all time. 
But yeah, I'll shut up about Epic, Epic Mickey now. Luckily, Sklens wasn't here, or else it would be a half an hour apart. <laughs> That'd be the whole show. Yeah. Um, you know, before we move on with actual news, I, I have to bring this up because we uh, well, let's do five minutes where we debate this. Zach, hi, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh God. Are Michael you Bay. fucking kidding me? They're fucking mutants, me. okay? They <laughs> originated on Earth in a sewer. It's been a part of their origin for 25 I years. I saw someone on Twitter say something very poignant, that real Turtles fans don't give a shit because this what? is just part of the multiverse. No, the mul- no in every <laughs> multiverse, they've been mutant turtles. That's like the one thing. This is just a different multiverse. They're just mutant <sighs> turtles from outer space. Didn't Donatello pretty... end up becoming a cyborg at some point? Yeah, in the third, <laughs> in the in the third volume. But he was still a mutant turtle. A, mu- a mutant cyborg. Yes, so they, can mutant be, they cyborg can be aliens, but they can be cyborgs. Yes. <laughs> so you'd rather have a bunch of robots running around the than a bunch of The image series gets a lot of hate, but I liked it because it physically differentiated the turtles. And the series was black and white. So they needed to do that. I mean, a lot of shit happened. Leonardo lost his hand. Uh, it got bitten off by a, a Komodo dragon. Uh, Raphael, his face was uh, shot up. Uh, he looked Didn't a little he... like he looked a little like Two Face at the end, and he took over the mantle of the Shredder. I was Fuck ask, and that... yes. <laughs> and you have a problem with them being aliens? Yes. And you're totally okay with Raphael becoming the fucking Shredder? Cause it's awesome. <laughs> Here's here's what I'll say. And here's if it was point. if it was like someone else other than Michael Bay making this change, no one would fucking care. We would probably care. Ninja Turtle fans <laughs> are pretty uh pretty vocal group. Which speaking of Ninja Turtle fans, they've dropped the teenage mutant from the name saw of the, that. Uh, the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> but every, everyone calls them Ninja Turtles anyway. Well, no they do. Really yeah, you're right. That's so, not I'm, I'm that's okay not the that. most egregious thing. I, um, here, here's what here's what I'll say. It, it's kind of dumb, you know, the the change, but it doesn't really bother me. I'm not saying the movie's going to be good. I mean, I know Michael Bay's uh, pedigree up to this point. So, yes, the movie could still be horrible, but I don't think it will be specifically because of this. I, I mean, drive a the, Volvo, a beige one. <laughs> to me, the, the ooze was just sort of a, a product of, of coming from the 80s, where it's like, well, toxic waste is cool. <laughs> like, let's, oh let's make God. it... That no, in the original comic, the ooze, the original comic, the ooze was alien in origin. What? Yeah. And yeah. Oh my god. And you care that they're, they're, they are aliens in this movie, but the Ooze is alien in origin. As so, someone who doesn't know. really follow the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this is really amusing to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even that big of a fan. I just really like those first two movies and a lot of the video games. And yeah. the, what, did you like the CGI one? That was good. Oh yeah, yeah, that, I really dug that. That was good. Yeah. That was actually To me, really to good. me, in my mind, there are three Turtles movies. Right. Uh, there are, yeah. Turtles 1, Secret of the Ooze, and the uh, the CGI movie. <laughs> yeah. Is the CGI one the one that came out like six years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw that just... on the same day that I saw 300. I saw that at midnight because nice. there was a movie theater that just shows every movie at midnight by me and I was in college. So that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. We, we can move on. I just wanted to bring that up. I, you know, I, I'm not I'm saying it's going to be a good movie. But I, I think people losing their shit over that need to need to calm down. Oh, I do want to I do want to mention one thing. They interviewed the creators of the turtles, Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird. Kevin I Eastman, think I read some of this. He's actually involved, um, right? And he said, "Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. It's it's a cool concept, and we're working on it. It's going to be cool." And Peter Laird, who's actually not involved in the franchise anymore, was like, "This idea is fucking stupid," but. Right. 
maybe some good will come out of it. So neither of those uh, responses are uh, especially good. <laughs> no, not really. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to a new take on, on the story. You know, who? what's the point of just being retold the same story over and over? You know, like, let them do something kind of new with it. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is you can just ignore it, or like two years from now, we'll just all make fun of it. We'll and no one forget will pay about it, yeah. To it. Yeah, yep. it, won't, it won't matter. It'll be like that, that Nightmare on Elm Street. Reboot. And maybe Shredder will yeah. be a Transformer. There you go. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. This, this, yeah, this is them working towards their own, like, Avengers-type crossover movie where the Ninja Turtles and Transformers <laughs> unite. And Battleship. Finally. And G.I. Joe. Yeah, yes, yes. And it just becomes Toy Story. So did anyone, uh, was reading, I think it was Dan Amreich, who, uh, he does, like, Activision social media stuff, but he's kind of, like, doing his own thing. He actually wrote a, wrote a book recently that it's apparently very good. It's about reviewing video games and all that jazz, because he used to work for Game Pro. But he was, uh, he played some of the Battleship video game, the one that's a first-person shooter. <laughs> and, like, it's like it's you're going around... It's based terrible movie. You are going around as a first-person shooter, like, blowing up alien shit, and then every so often... Well, like, there's collectible pegs, which harken back to the old, <laughs> the old board game. Oh. And then every once in a while, it's just like, as you're going around and doing this, it's just like, here... Uh, move your battleships and try to blow up the other person. Oh, God. So that's the so game. There's like a battleship minigame inside of Battleship? Yes. That's Although amazing, apparently though. the Wii, DS, and 3DS version is going to be more like the actual board game. Just Battleship. So good. Yes. Battleship, the movie, the game. Who, yep. who now the movie, come back? the movie looks retarded, but it does have Brooklyn Decker, so I'll probably I see do it kind anyway. of, I mean, it looks like it's going to be so bad it's fun. But you know, that's what I thought Zach, about G.I. Joe, and that was just the na- terrible. The name, the name Brooklyn Decker means nothing to me, but I'm assuming coming from you, it must be a hot woman. Wait, yes. wait, wait, wait. She's so a Brooklyn, Brooklyn Decker is a, that's a Liam Neeson's kid, right? Yeah, I know. I just found that out yesterday. They're, wait, they're in the same movie shit? together? That's hysterical. Oh, is he in it too? Yeah. yeah. That's why I, I want to see him. I want to hear Liam Neeson say, you sunk my battleship. Is he, <laughs> he probably will. Are, is I he know. just taking any role he can get now? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh man, <laughs> he's gonna be—he's gonna be in the next Batman movie too. I mean, that was rumored, well, but now it's one hundred percent confirmed. Well, I think just in like one. a flashback. Yeah, but like, well, no, 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 like kind of he is legitimately—he recorded new scenes for the new movie. It was right, confirmed, but, but flashback to earlier in his life because I think Talia is in the movie. Well, I mean, like like Liam Neeson. Yeah, no, I understand. Scenes for the movie. <laughs> You guys, you know, Scott, you brought up Toy Soldiers in reference to this, The, I mean, Toy Story in reference yeah. to the crossover. Do you remember the terrible Toy Soldiers movie with an yeah, incredibly small soldiers? young... Small You shut the hell up. No, that was terrible. That was fun. Go watch I, I, that I drank it was Surge, on TV and recently, I watched that with my like, friend oh when my I was like eight God. years old. It was the greatest. <laughs> I just remember, like, there was a Burger King crossover, and it was a big yeah. controversy because the movie was rated actually PG-13. So yeah. they had, like, they had the toys and the Happy Meal or whatever the Burger King equivalent is. But yeah. then you could also ask for, like, little kid toys if you thought your kid was too young to have right. a soldier who cusses in a movie, basically. Yeah. They still have the uh, alternate toys for babies. What toys? Yeah, Burger King. Oh, yeah, King. like, like yeah. still currently, yeah. You yeah, they, get that's, some that might have been where it started. Had yeah, an, an incredibly so. young um, Kirsten Dunst. Yep. Oh. Yep. 
You know, the other day I was watching TV, and I, I stopped on, like, a kid's channel, and I was watching an old episode of Goosebumps, the TV show. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, Hayden Christensen was in an episode. Really? Wow. Was he yeah. being whiny? Has anyone, yeah. has anyone ever seen National Lampoon's Senior Trip? No. No. Oh. I don't think so. It's this really crappy, like, National Lampoon's movie, but um, Jeremy Renner is in it. And it's funny, there's a review from the movie. It was, it was really panned. I just, I remember watching it when I was like 10 and laughing at it. But it was, it was universally panned and someone made the comment that no one in this movie will amount to anything. <laughs> and then they just show a picture of like Jeremy Renner in that movie to him as like Hawkeye. And it's just like, what the hell happened? That's awesome. But He's the exception we, that proves the rule. Yeah, we, we have, we have talked about no news. <laughs> Fate Rhythm is coming to 3DS in North America this summer. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 This is I don't awesome. live there. <laughs> um, wait, when does this actually come out in Japan? It's not out yet. It's right? already it's out. Like, it's it's been it? out for a while. Oh, I thought it came out in April for some reason. I think it came out in February and it sold really, really well, didn't it? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Some of our Japanese correspondents should do a review of the game. I, I know they've been covering it <laughs> with the Have DLC it? and everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know we, uh, we post news oh, about it a right, lot. Yeah. But I'd like to know how good it is. Because I'm really into it. I mean, Final Fantasy has some great classic tunes. Maybe, um, hey Danny, if you're listening to this, I know you have the game. Maybe Scott <laughs> will have to talk to you about it on this show. You have all the games. Well, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Scott and I should be able to talk about this game in more detail um, in two weeks. Because uh, we will be able to play it at PAX East. What? Yep. As will everyone else at PAX East. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know, because it's actually... Um, oh, is it behind closed doors? It's like at a hotel near PAX East. Oh. So I don't know if that's just like a separate area for press people, or if like all those games will just be on the floor and we can go there. When we go see this game at that hotel, do you think I should bring a sleeping bag, or do you assume we'll have beds for everybody? <laughs> I assume we stay the night, right? Yeah, yeah it'll be a long party. We'll get to <laughs> hang out with, like, uh, I don't even know who the hell's at Square Enix anymore that... That's like a name. They all left. Cloud. Oh, uh, Nomura. <laughs> Nomura. We'll hang out with him. Tifa. <laughs> all right. Well, um, we had our we had a little segue. I I gotta get going, guys. But enjoy the rest oh, of the news. Uh, I I want to talk more with Zach about Colors 3D. Oh um, God. We'll have a review good. of that, and I will leave you guys with talking about that. It's really awesome. Bye, Neil. Bye, Bye Neil. Bye, Neil. Okay, so Colors 3D. Zach, I, you've uh, messed around with it, right? Yeah, Colors 3D. Um, it's uh, it's a art app for the 3DS, um, and I've always been a little wary of art apps on either the DS or the 3DS because it's not a Wacom tablet. It, you know, it, it doesn't have all the tools of, uh, you know, Photoshop or Corel. Well, then I got this review code for Colors 3D, and it is like using Corel with a Wacom tablet. Uh, it's really impressive. It's it's got a whole bunch of tools. Um, you can you can even change the opacity op- opaqueness of your line. You can change <laughs> the, good. the thickness, like the that. opaqueness, <laughs> the color. There are you know a million different colors. You can uh, change your brush type. You can, there's an undo button, which is a godsend. Uh, and there, the, the best thing though is that you, you have five 
layers to play with. And for people who don't know what a layer is in Photoshop, it's you can paint one thing and then make a new layer and paint something else without messing up the one below it. So it's it's perfect if you want to go back later and, and fix something. And there, so there are five layers in Colors 3D. Is each layer a different depth of 3D? Yes, it is. Oh, oh good question. Depths of 3D in the game, which is really cool. Uh, it looks really great. Um, the only thing I wish there were, and maybe there is because I haven't toyed around with it too much, uh, I don't think you can make uh, top top layers transparent. So if you want to mm. fix something on a lower layer, you have to do it from kind of where you're at. Uh, mm. Okay. So that's not. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a way to make it transparent, but that's the only that's the only glitch as far as I can see. And and there's even a kind of a um, a flip note like uploading uh, you know gallery where you can upload your stuff and you can also look at other people's and you can comment on them and like them and it's really nice. Somebody did a really beautiful. Uh, painting of journey for uh, ps3 and, oh, wow. and you can actually press the play button and watch them paint it oh, oh nice it's like swap note yeah like way. swap note except a million times better <laughs> i i can't believe that Zach. no <laughs> swap note uh, has all of one layer of depth yeah and limited ink <laughs> and limited ink so yeah, I I really like it so far. Um, I've put I've posted two things already. Neither of them are dicks. They're both <laughs> they're both dinosaurs uh, with giant dicks. With giant dicks. Um, so yeah, uh, give I, I give it a shot when it comes out. If you like art, I mean this this is great. And this is an eShop download, right? Yes, yes it is. It's coming do, out do on know, April fifth. Yep. Do we know how much it is? I wish I did. I do not. Um, I can try looking it up real quick. Zachary, what's the most you would pay for this? Uh, what, do you, what do you think is a reasonable amount? You know, eight bucks. Yeah, that that sounds about good. Nintendo's Keep... website has it at, listed at six ninety nine. Oh, well, even look better. At that. You know what? As long as it's cheaper than Mutant Muds, how about that? <laughs> is is it better than Mutant Muds? Uh it offers far more content than Mutant like, Muds. Is this a contender for your game of the year list? <laughs> I don't know if you could call it a game, so no. <laughs> but. Uh, it's certainly app of the year. How about that? There you go. Okay. There you go. In other eShop news, I guess we can move right along. There is uh, Quetzal's Corridors coming out on April 12th, which I guess it's a sequel to Through Space, which was a WiiWare game. Uh-huh. Did any? Did either of you play that? No. Nope. <laughs> I feel like Neo might have had something to say here, but... <coughs> but he's not here, so Crush 3D is sure. a pinball game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I, I'm not I'm not too... I don't know too much about this, but... <laughs> Where oh, is <yeah>. Neil? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll move right along. You to know, until I that. saw the spelling idea. of Quetzal, I thought it might be uh, uh, like Quetzal Quetzal Yeah. No, oh. Quetzalcoatl, the uh, Incan uh, serpent, flying serpent god. Sure. Well, I guess we can just talk quickly about basically what the game is. You have, like, I guess it's a three-dimensional block that you must rotate to fit through pegs. Oh, but, okay. Like, looking at the screenshots, what it most reminds me of is uh, 
the Skyward Sword, those segments where you had the keys and you had to fit them into the doors. Yeah, those are the worst. I don't know. Like, just looking at the pictures, that's what it looks like. I'm sure sure to work better in this capacity, but I really hated those. You know what? I haven't played more than three hours of Skyward Sword because I hear nothing but negative (laughs) things about it from everybody on the planet. I, I've told you, Zach, all the negative things are just, like, nitpicking. It's because there's so much positive that the few, like, gripes that people have with the game just stand, stand out so much more. I know, I Because know. It's, it's such a good game. You really need to beat it. Just go back and listen to all the segments we recorded on it. And- yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's very good. I've, I'm already thinking about picking it up again and playing through the, uh, like, the second quest. Yeah. I, I'm watching a trailer for this game right now, and it it's not Skyward quite like the Sword. Skyward Sword stuff. It's not quite like it, but it's similar in some capacity. I see. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so if you enjoyed fitting keys into keyholes in Skyward Sword, <laughs> this is your game. It's much faster paced, and the, there's like keyhole after keyhole, and the blocks are simpler. The one guy out there who was like, I fucking love that part of Skyward Sword. <laughs> yes! <laughs> It, it wasn't terrible. I don't. I don't know why you are hating on it so much. I, I really didn't like it. It's I like, don't like it either. I, I mean, okay, Zach. So have you done those? Do yeah, you know I did it in the about? first dungeon to get okay, into the boss door, and I was like, "This is stupid." Yeah, it's like you get the boss key and you get to the door. And it's like, okay, now fit the boss key into the keyhole. <laughs> and it's just like, no, I don't need to do this. Let me in. Yeah, exactly. And like, they, I don't know. I just feel like it was a lot of trial and error. It wasn't like a puzzle that you could just like figure out. I mean, yeah, I like, there's flip, a there's a mode in the Tetris 3DS game I reviewed where uh, you put put a block through a bunch of other blocks as if you're looking down into the, you know, uh, Tetris block oh, weird. group. And it's really cool because you don't have to rotate shit. Mm-hmm. So you just had to move it into place? Screw you, Skyward Sword. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Yes, exactly. No, no, 7.5, 7.5. There you go. So let's read some listener mail. Okay. How about it? So we've got two. Yep. Uh, we've got a longer one and a shorter one. Where would you guys like me to start? I'll get the longer one out of the way. All right. This is from Ryan, hailing from Anaheim, California. Go Ducks. Dear <laughs> Connectivity Crew, one thing that will be absolutely required for Wii U is feature parity with the existing consoles. Nintendo cannot go another generation holding on to the misguided notion that they have to do everything different. The way they design games can be different, but the hardware itself needs to be a place where third-party games can coexist. Hopefully Nintendo will be closing the gap on, gra- on the graphics and online fronts, but there are many other ways in which Nintendo hardware has been lacking. For example, Wii U needs to have an achievement system. Before PS3 had trophies, it was common to hear, quote, I'm buying the Xbox version for achievements. Even after Sony implemented trophies, a lot of multi-platform gamers bought buy the Xbox version simply because the system has the gamer score they're most invested in. I've heard a lot of debate about the validity of achievements, but no matter where you stand, you have to acknowledge that the last thing Nintendo needs to give their audience another reason not to buy third-party games on their system. I might have read that wrong. They're already a generation behind and still losing ground. Honestly, if I have the choice between the PS3 version of Assassin's Creed 3 with achievements or the Wii U version without achievements, I'm going to choose achievements over some tacked-on-tablet functionality. Nintendo has quite a task ahead of them. At this point, feature parity is a baseline requirement. They have to do even more now. I bought a PS3 because of what the Wii was lacking. If Nintendo expects to recapture my gaming dollar, they can't do it by offering the exact same experience as a six-year-old competitor. 
Wii U needs to have all the same features, better graphics, better online features, and of course a dose of Nintendo innovation. Sadly, I doubt they're up to the task. Ryan. I just wanted to start off by saying in the online field, based on what I see in Kid Icarus, I think they're they're going to have that. The online experience will be there, I think. God, I hope it, so. It seems like they're getting the hang of it. I mean, we <laughs> talked about Kid Icarus. They're experimenting with achievements with those whatever you fucking call them and the, you know, me park on 3DS. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. They don't do anything, and nobody right. else can see them. Right. Whether it's it goes system-wide, I don't know. I, I, th- I think they'll warm up to it. I bet they'll do it. They could do some something cool with it, too, and just make it totally Nintendo. Like, what if you earn, like, mushrooms or, I don't know, coins or something, you know, like Mario there you coins. Go, yeah. like, you know, they, I mean, they can totally just, like, throw a Mario spin on it and... It'll be awesome. I mean, I love downloading things from the Wii just to watch Mario jump and hit stupid coin blocks. <laughs> like I, I will buy Mario. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah, the like, swimming or some, Mario or Luigi. I don't know yeah, if like I, I saw that one. I never have. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> but, um, but one yeah, time so, it was like, Birdo. <laughs> <laughs> so that they could easily put some Nintendo paint on that and uh, and really have uh, have me sold on that. But I, I guess I agree with them. Um, you know, they, they've got to come out of the gate strong, and, and you can't promise down the line that things will be implemented. Um, like, SD card support came, like, what, four years into the Wii's life? Three years? I <laughs> that mean, was way too late. That was awful. I mean, just terrible. That I mean, that killed their online shop, because why go through the hassle of having to delete a bunch of stuff every time you want to download a new game? So they really do have to come out of the gate strong, and I think the 3DS is, is a promising... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Sign that they will do that. It is. It was it was almost like their test platform in my opinion. Oh, I think so. It only and took I them a year to so. get to where we are at today, too. It, Not 3 years. Exactly. Yeah. The freaking thing came with an SD card in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, they are learning. They are <laughs> learning, yep. Um, I don't know. I don't need the achievements right away. That doesn't really interest me. I think the big thing that we is going to have to worry about is when it comes to multi-platform games, like, what is going to make people buy it on the Wii U versus PS3 or 360? Because if there is a multiplayer component, most people will probably get it for 360 or PS3 because that's what their friends still have. Right. Now, maybe not two years after the Wii U's launch and more people have it, but in the first, oh, I don't know, six months, I mean, we will all have Wii U's, but not all our friends write and do podcasts for a Nintendo-themed website. Right. So, <laughs> this, you know, these things are going to influence your buying decision. Um, so they got to throw in something cool. I mean, give every character a Mario hat, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I get my multiplayer games, even though I don't really play multiplayer. If if there's a game I know I'm going to play multiplayer, I get it on PS3 because I don't have to pay for it. I do the same thing. Um, but it was a very hard decision for me. And when I had Xbox Live, even though I preferred playing things on the PS3, if it was a multiplayer game, I always got it on 360 because mm. that's what my friends were going to do. Right, right. And so I, I think that's going to be a big hurdle. I, I don't know that achieve, achievements will be a big detractor for people, but, I mean, there, Ryan I here, obviously, a that's factor. a factor. Yeah, I think this is a big point for Ryan, and I'm sure there are people like him who are, are going to want that. So I, I mean, do agree. It, I it's not hard to implement. No, not really. And yeah. games are already doing it on their own. It's just a, like a, you know, a software level. I mean, right. Resident Evil Revelations has achievements. Yep. Metroid Prime 3 had achievements. Yep. You know, so it, Metroid it's, Prime Three was like six years ago too. At <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So I mean, it's there. So forward just, thinking. 
Yeah. You could get your little me bobblehead and inside the... Um, That's right. What the heck is her ship's name? Why am I blanking on that? Just Do you her, know, Zach? Uh, it's her um, gunship. Okay. It's Samus's called... gunship. Oh, okay. It I thought it had... though, I thought it doesn't. I thought it might It have. changes from game to game. I mean, her ships never appeared to be the same. Uh, what is this, a Michael Bay movie? Yeah, right? <laughs> Keeps transforming on you. <laughs> and changing the lore. Don't you know so... the secret final boss of Metroid Prime 3 is Sentinel Prime? <laughs> Precisely. So I agree. I, I think a big thing for me is going to be a, a very well-implemented online structure with a username that you create. That ties to your, like, Nintendo account, you know, so you can do your Nintendo rewards and all that kind of stuff. And just, like, one single account. Yeah. That's the same for your 3DS, too. Yes. Yeah. Now, if they they somehow manage to screw that basic thing up, I'm going to be worried. Yeah. I really think they have to come out of the game with that. That, to me, that's the most important thing. It'll be so funny at E3 this year, Reggie will be like, we're doing online right this time. Where's the applause? Come on. <laughs> and it's going to be like, the Wii U has two ports on the bottom. If you buy a separate high-speed or 56K modem, you can insert it and play Fantasy Star Online with your friends. And that's oh it. Oh, my God. Which I did, by the way, and I really enjoyed Fantasy Star Online on my GameCube running on a 56K connection. Oh, you did that? I did do that. Did yeah, it I never. It did, wow. surprisingly. Yeah. It was back before I had high speed at my house, and I had never played it on the Dreamcast, and I bought it, and I had a lot of fun with it, actually. Nice. Yeah. So, there you go. I had the freaking modem. We don't need all these high-tech fancy gadgets. What's <laughs> yeah. wireless, please? Yeah. Wi-Fi. All I need is a phone jack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I want to make it as user-friendly as possible. Everyone has phone jacks. That's right. <laughs> so, there you go. Let's move on. Okay. So the next and final email is from Mr. Adolf Vega, and it reads, I just thought of something crazy and awesome at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) How about in the front of the Wii U, near the SD card slot, is a 3DS card slot, so you can easily play DS and 3DS games on the big screen, obviously not in 3D. This would work for your SD card, too, so virtual console and eShop games could be instantly easily playable on Wii U. Also, the Wii U SD card slot will let you plug in Wii SD card and play those WiiWare Virtual Console games without problem. I know 3DS and DS games will not look great blown up on TV, but it would be pretty fucking awesome that you could do this. Any chance of this happening? Nintendo's been pretty smart lately. <laughs> um, no, it's a, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cool idea, and like I, I get like the Super Game Boy or even the Game Boy Player. You know, it kind of ties back to that. But they want you I, to buy a 3DS for your 3DS games. Yeah. I mean, I guess so, and I, I just don't know if it's as easy to, like, port over, you know, and, and or also, em, 3DS, emulate. 3DS game card is a completely different size and shape than an SD card. Well, I think he's saying there'd be another slot next to the oh, SD card Oh, another second slot. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd, you'd use the tablet controllers, the touch screen, right. and your top screen would be on your TV. I think that would be um, actually be more intrusive because on the 3DS, you're essentially looking at both screens at once. Right. Whereas if, if it was blown up on your TV, the top screen was on the TV, you'd constantly be looking up and down. Yeah. So that could get not great. Right. I agree. I think it's a cool idea. Um, 
in theory, but yeah, I don't I don't see that working. Now, if they maybe split it where both screens were on the touch screen, or I'm sorry, on the tablet controller. Oh, that would be nice. You know, the the screens would be bigger, but you could look at both you know at the same time rather than on your TV and on the controller. Yeah. Um, you know that that's that's plausible, sure. Um, but I I just don't think so. I agree with Zach. Like they're going to want to sell hardware. Right. Um. And I think I think having that much functionality will could hurt 3DS sales. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the point where they did that with the Game Boy Player, everyone had a Game Boy Advance pretty much, so they knew it wasn't going to hurt hardware sales. Is it confirmed that the Wii U is going to use standard SD cards? You know, it probably is, but I don't know off the top of my head. But yeah, I would I, think so. I, mean, I would hope so. I, I just hope we don't run into a Vita situation where they're making right, a where proprietary like, card. Exactly. No, I don't think so. Nintendo's been pretty pretty cool yeah. about that so far. Like I said, the 3DS comes with one <laughs> strapped into the system yeah, already. That's true. I, I think they'll run with that. Now, I do think it's kind of interesting the notion of being able to throw your SD card from your Wii right into your Wii U and like transfer over your uh, virtual console and WiiWare games. That would be nice, but but the the Wii is not set up to do that. Um, the, the when you buy a virtual console game. It's tied to your Wii, so you can actually take your SD card over to your buddy's house who has a Wii and plug it in, and it won't recognize any of the games. Yeah. So what Nintendo's going to do, again, if they're smart, is do a similar situation that they did with the DS uh, uh, eShop games where you have to download a special program that they create on at the last second um, <laughs> onto your Wii so that you can, you know, plug your Wii into your Wii U, and there will be a one-time transfer of games, and and that will be the end of it. Yeah, that seems like how it will have to be, unfortunately. <laughs> it's weird they didn't think about that a little bit ahead of time, and like we said, do a unified account where things would just be tied to your account name, but what can you do? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's everything, guys. Did you want to add anything? Michael no, Bacon, suck a dick. There we are. Well, I'm <laughs> Scott, and for Patrick and Zach, thank you for listening to news. Please stick around for whatever segment is next. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Welcome to this chat about Kid Icarus Together Far Away mode. Um, right now I'm with Patrick Barnett. Hello, everyone. And Alex Kalafi. Hey, gang. And, uh, yeah, we are going to be talking about the online mode and component of Kid Icarus Uprising, which came out last week. And, uh, you can read my review, which gushes mainly about the single player, as I was not able to play online at the time. But uh, now uh, Alex, Patrick, and I are coming off fresh off of playing the games together far away mode, which is the new code for um, multiplayer, which is together, and online, which is far away. The local multiplayer is now nearby. So, uh, I mean, I, I think that's very clever. Can you, can you play far away mode nearby? I mean, I guess you <laughs> theoretically could. 
it would just, you know, it would be confusing. But yeah, uh, we had an impromptu Wi-Fi night. We were actually going to record this segment on Tuesday night. Now we were recording it on Wednesday because uh, I know Patrick and I were online for I think close to two hours yes. playing the damn game <laughs> online with a couple people from both the staff and our readers as well. And Patrick, you have a list of who was all there so we can give credit where credit's due. Um, thanks to Jeremy, Sam, Sarek, and Kiba Kuhn for showing up. There was one other person I didn't get their name down. So thank you for also yeah. being there. And we also played with, uh, I mean, Alex was there, yep. Aaron was there, and so was Zach. And Andy. And, uh, for a few rounds. Yeah, and Andy showed up for a little bit, but Andy had just gotten the game, so he was basically confused <laughs> as hell playing the multiplayer mode. Um, but yeah, I find the multiplayer to be what, is, I mean, what I heard it was, which is third person Smash Brothers. It's zany, it's crazy, and that three on three light versus dark mode is just fantastic, because it moves at a quick pace. And, like, there's always new things happening, and there's always a reason to try to stay alive as opposed to die. And when you're pit, there's a whole new mechanic, like, you know, kind of dichotomy that comes out of that, because you want to protect yourself. I know, Alex, I noticed you were really good at kind of going and hiding away, as opposed to, I think, some people would, would take their pit and try to kill other people, and then they die, because right. they'd, be, they'd be on the open. Uh, one thing, though. This online in general, have you guys played Metroid Prime Hunters? Uh, no, I actually, I only played the demo, and I did not enjoy the controls, which right. is funny, because I really like the controls on this game. I own it, and I only put in about 20 it. minutes into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess my comparison will fall flat, but what I thought was, if you play the game, and you at least get, have a feel for the game, the online is exactly the same way, where it doesn't really pull any bullshit, it just sort of, this is the game in single player, now here's it with other players... And I feel like the simple approach is actually perfect for something like a Nintendo game. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did not play much Metroid Prime Hunters, but I have heard many comparisons and kind of the way it works. And I do like that there's kind of no fluff to the multiplayer. You have two modes. I mean, you have a lot of customization, as it is a Sakurai game. But it's, I mean, it's the, the rules are pretty plain and simple. You don't have a lot of confusing elements. It's just deathmatch or the three-on-three mode. Um, I do, I do like. I, I did kind of notice uh, as I played, you know, different items. I would know, like, okay, that's worthwhile to try to get, and that's not. And I finally learned how Daybreak works, which is pretty much. I always forget the name of the damn thing from Kirby Air Ride, but it was also in Brawl, which oh. probably is what people remember it from. Dragoon, that's it. Yes, the <laughs> Dragoon, where you collect the three pieces, and then you know, all hell rings loose. Um, it's the same kind of thing where you collect three different places, yeah, pieces. But I find it's better in the team mode, because in free-for-all, it's kind of hard to get all three, especially when you have six people. But in free-for-all, it's just three people on the same team need to collect it. And then when you get that, um, I, I can't really tell you what it does except for rain terror and, and destroy everybody around you. There was one match that I, I remember pretty vividly. I was I was pit at the end of it, and I was down to the last of my life. And basically, I, I, I you know, one hit would have finished me. And I made a made a break for the day, last daybreak piece, picked it up, fired it off, killed all three people on the other team to win the match. That was one of my favorite moments of the night. Yeah, last night. that that was my my you know the my one shining moment. I, I know I was I in that like area on the field and I got to watch that happen. <laughs> was that the uh, was that the one where I basically took out like half of your health because I just kept gunning for you and no one else could find you? But then like yeah. at the end you no, kind of I, disappeared. I think, that, I think that was the one where um. Where you were after me for a while. There was another one. I had a lot of fun being pit. 
at first I would just get my shit wrecked because I, I mean, I played online before, but I had never actually been pit until we played last night. It just, right. it, it didn't really work out that way for me before. But there was one where I don't really know how I did it, but I just kept on going from like quarter to quarter and I had very little health left and just no one found me. I remember. And, and then I, but the funny thing is that like I would be able to, in the spot that I was, I would like take cheap shots. <laughs> at people out in the open and then just go back and hide and no one would ever find me because usually it would be everybody from both teams would be congregated in that center area and I would just be darting on the outskirts. Now, when you become pit, it gives you a random item. Is it random or is there a system to which item you get? I, I don't know if there's a system. As far as I can tell, it's just random. There might be some reason. I mean, we did find out, and we'll probably talk about this a little more on this segment. If not, then we'll, we'll talk about it in the near future. But with Weapon Fusion, and hopefully we'll have a chart up, hopefully by the time you hear this, um, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. But there's basically like an equation that you can use to figure out what each thing will make. Because basically each um, each weapon is, there, there's 12 in each of the eight categories, and each one is given a number. And what you do is like, let's say, I'm not going to remember exactly something, but like, I think like a blade and a blade make a staff or something. So, like, let's say, like, the first blade, that would be the number one on blade, and let's say you paired it with the number four blade, then it would be the number five staff. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird, but it makes it a lot easier for us to try to map it all out, but maybe there's something like that for pit as well. Yeah, it's. I just noticed sometimes you get a bad weapon as pit, and then it just doesn't work out Mm. as well for you. But, yeah, um... I don't know, do you guys have any good anecdotes that you like from uh, from our time last night or any other time you played it online? I got um, a couple. Just just a couple quick ones. There was one I remember when both me and Patrick were pit, and there ended up being this like sort of mini showdown between us in one of the arenas. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that one. Um I do I do remember that. I love those moments. Uh, when the when the pits find each other. I think I think I killed Sarek when I was a pit and he was a pit and that was that was fun. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was, there was also one time I was pit, and it was like the big open arena, and I had just a little health left, and I was standing under this, uh, I don't know if it was a statue or like a water tower or something, and then both Neil and Patrick were gunning for me, (laughs) and I remember I got one last stand shot on Neil, took him down, but then got killed by Patrick. That was also (laughs) a pretty good moment. If I had to point out one one of my... uh... One of the best parts of last night. I remember, Alex, you were up in top of a, one of the towers. Oh, God, I remember this one. <laughs> and uh, I kept seeing people <laughs> run up to you, and you just would knock them off the tower. So I have the uh, transparency ability, which allows you to become invisible for a short amount of time. And I just kept using it while I scaled the tower, and I snuck up behind you and just hit you off of it. Oh, my God. Sniping in that game? Like, I know I'm going to sound like a Call of Duty, like, 13-year-old by saying this, but people are really underutilizing how good sniping is in this game because I picked off, like, five or six people. Yeah, there is a way that you can do the first-person mode. Well, I didn't so. even mean that. Like, I meant, like, just standing up on a tower, and since I had a, I had a staff which has the sniping in it, yeah, I mean, they have the, the longest range, I believe. Like, that's how I got all my points, because I'm terrible at, like, close combat. Yeah, I mean, I would notice from weapon to weapon, like, just how much differences there are, even of, like, weapons of the same type. 
Right. Um, I'm trying to think of one weapon that I, I mean, I know, Patrick, you were digging the, the iTrack orbiters. Yeah, that um, and the twin bellows cannon. <laughs> what the hell? Oh yeah, I mean, I have my Kragalanch cannon that I like a lot. That, that was the weapon that I basically beat half the game with. I got it roughly halfway through the game. And it was one of my first, I think it's like, or I actually got rid of my original one because I was able to fuse together a better one. But it was like the first, like, I got it as a random drop and it was like a 240 plus weapon. It was the first one that I got that high and I just, I really like that weapon. But I like, I mean, crap, I can't think of the weapon that I was using a lot. Um, I do like the orbiters though, especially the pop hat orbiters, although that's more novelty than anything else. Have you used the claws yet in the online multiplayer? I hear the claws have very good rapid fire, but I don't think I've actually used a claw in a match and at least had success. They're very useful for close-range combat. Like, uh, when I use them, you basically just dart up to your enemy and just pound on them as much as you can. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even really know how else to put it into words, how much fun I was having last night. I mean, it just reminds me of... It, it is it is Smash Brothers, but in the third person. That's really the only way to describe it. And if that doesn't make sense, just play the damn game and it will. To put it into words, last night you had mentioned we were supposed to record the segment. It was just like an hour into it, and you're just like, we're not recording that segment anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> the original plan was to play it for a little bit and then record the segment. And then it was just like, I was looking at the time. I was having a lot of fun. I was just like, we ain't doing shit tonight. Um, but we'll probably be doing that uh, hopefully once a week. We might not really give a lot of advance notice for it. It might just be whenever, you know, we have a free night or something. It might end up being, you know, Mondays or Tuesdays or something. Maybe we'll have a Kid Icarus night every week. That would be a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy this game. Um, it's super fresh. It's wonderful because that's the thing. It's like with Mario Kart, I just wasn't that excited for it to play it online. Because I've been playing Mario Kart since 1996. Like, this isn't a new thing to me. Kid Icarus is a brand new thing to me. I actually uh, totally agree with this one, and I didn't know if making this point was going to be the right place for us for this kind of segment, but I figure this time's as good as any. I was thinking that, I was looking at my 3DS collection, and I see a lot of games which are kind of just DS games but with 3D graphics, and even the best one, Mario 3D Land, is a Mario game in my eyes before it's a 3DS game. But Kid Icarus, from the six hours I've played so far, I have no disappointments, I see no shortcomings at all, and it's really the first 3DS game, in my opinion. I, I kind of agree with you, although I, I guess I would disagree a little bit on the Super Mario 3D Land point, because I, I, I made a bold comment on Twitter in which I um, was talking about how I was looking at my other 3DS games, and just none of them stacks up to Kid Icarus. It's, it's that, that far and away better. And the only two that I mentioned that I think kind of stand up to it is Super Mario 3D Land, which I do know what you mean by saying it's a Mario game before it's a 3DS game, but I think it's 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 basically, you could class that as an early 3DS game, because that is a game that was made for the 3DS. That right. wasn't Ocarina of Time or Star Fox. That wasn't Mario Kart, which is just Mario Kart DS mixed with Wii, and then make it a little 3D. And the other game that I mentioned was Nano Assault, which... That's not so much that, like, you know, that could have been done on another system, but I just think that it looks so good and it's so much fun on this system. And I don't think it would be as much fun if it didn't have the 3D graphics, because it's, I think that's one of the prettiest games in the system. Yeah. I completely but agree with you. I, I honestly, I mean, we just need to call our whole Game of the Year thing now, because Kid Icarus fucking won. I don't really know, like, well, at least the first half. 
Um, because I, I don't really think there's another game that can challenge it, and I'm looking forward to see what Nintendo reveals at E3 and what other games are revealed that are coming out later in the year to see if anything can even match up to this game in my mind. Well, I think Paper Mario and Animal Crossing are the big wild cards right now. Who but... knows if they're even coming out? We, we've been getting that song and dance for two years now. Like, I'll believe it when the game is, like, Nintendo is like, it has an official name. It is called Animal Crossing My Wild and Crazy World, and it is coming out in August. Like, I'll believe that when that happens. Wild and Crazy World. <laughs> Jonathan, what would be a dumb Paper Mario uh, subtitle? Um, I don't know. I'll get back to you guys on that one. I'll think about it. The Wild and Crazy World. I'm pretty sold on that. I if you have a suggestion cold. for a Paper Mario. Yes. <laughs> Email us at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Any, any upcoming Nintendo game that currently is just like Pikmin 3, come up with a subtitle and send us in. I know this has nothing to do with Kid Icarus Uprising, <laughs> but that would be a lot of fun if we could get some goofy-ass subtitles up in here. What, um, about, what about, like, Super Duper Paper Mario? But, but, I mean, that would have to be a side-scroller, and while I enjoyed that game, I'd rather see a more traditional RPG, like the uh, the older two ones. Well, I'm thinking, like, they gotta do something with a 3D, and the closest we've had since then is Super Paper Mario, which I, like, Thousand Year Door, one of my favorite games ever, I didn't like Super Paper Mario at all. Really? But that, Why? that's Oh, well, I guess... Is uh, it just because it wasn't Paper Mario Thousand Year Door? Well... I like the characters, and I like the, whatever you can call a story, and I like the whole situation. But my issue is that it doesn't do the RPG parts quite right, and the platformer parts it tries are just really watered down. So I don't feel like I have, like, a really complete package. And I wasn't really surprised when, like, six months after it came out, you saw the $40 GameStop used copies and no new copies on shelves. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Super Paper Mario. I guess I, I kind of knew more what I was getting into with that, is that I knew it wasn't going to be a heavy RPG. Right. But I, I didn't care. I, I really dug that game. Although I did try to go back recently and, and replay some Paper Mario 64, and <laughs> that game starts off way too slow. But we're talking about Kanakaris, so uh, <laughs> let's get back to that one. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, multiplayer is fantastic. If um, you haven't exchanged friend codes or anything with us before, or if you want to play um, online with us, we'll we'll let you guys know if there's any kind of um, you know online event. Keep an eye out on our Twitters and our Facebooks, um, or at least the NWR Facebook page and then the NWR Twitter page and our individual Twitters because that's uh, where I initially announced it the other night. And I'm pretty terrible about um, adding people's friend codes, but if you bug me enough. And you try to get me when I'm when I'm at 3ds next to me and I have an internet connection, then yes, I will uh I will put it in. I'm just lethargic when it comes to that. But yeah, uh, online is very good. Any any other last thoughts about the online mode? Um, I guess we could bring up the powers. I mentioned them briefly before, but I think they're really there's so many different kinds of them, and you can basically craft your own unique little experience. Yeah, I mean, I still. I know, I mean, I've put an obscene amount of time into the game. I think I'm past the 25-hour mark now. <laughs> Although some of that is uh, contributing to our our ever-evolving guide. So I've, I've probably had about 15 to 20 hours of actual gameplay, and then, you know, like five-plus hours of general bullshit. Um, but 
I mean, some of the powers are really cool. Like, there's the Mega Laser that I, I noticed first when I was playing online. And people would just use it at the start of every match and just send a giant-ass laser across the screen. Um, and it's really effective, I find, at least just kind of some crowd control. And One I've like become a... very fond of is the Black Hole. I used it up oh, yeah. quite a bit last night. It just basically drags anyone out from anywhere. Yep. <laughs> And then there's a, I mean, there's a meteor shower. There's a, a giant explosion one that you can get. Then there's the health power ups. There's one that I like. Uh, I, I think it's called angelic missile, where you basically just like, I don't even know if it does any damage, but I would kind of use it as a dash, because you basically just like, you know, t- use the power and then pit or your your fighter will just like shoot in a straight or shoot wherever you're facing in that direction. And I think you do do damage, but it's kind of hard to land, but it's a good way to kind of get out of an area. Can you use the health power-ups on multiplayer? <laughs> How do you think I stayed alive? I, I thought you couldn't. because Now you may- can. Maybe it's just the one I have equipped. Maybe it's solo only. Yeah. I mean, there, there might be some. I know that like that there was the health recovery power that you can use that. Um, tirelessness is also another good one. But... Yeah, I mean, if if you have any powers or if you have any thoughts about Kid Icarus multiplayer or any or any awesome weapons that you got, go ahead and email us at connectivity at nintendoworldcore.com. I think I'm going to be playing this game for a very long time, and I think the last game that came out that gripped me in in this way that I see myself playing it for the next couple months at a minimum was was Brawl. So I'm excited. Just one last closing thought. When just on the subject of weapons. A piece of advice, if you see in the weapon fusion menu that there is a weapon that takes your main weapon that you use and combines it with another powerful weapon, and it has, and it's a stronger weapon, like, just from looking at it, be careful. Because you can get some really shitty weapons, even if they have the higher star count. Well, no, you want to look for the the value. Um... Because the value kind of takes into consideration the, you know, the different attributes that are on the weapon. And generally, you know, I mean, I don't think I've gotten one that's cracked 300, but, you know, there's the numerical value associated with each weapon, and that is a more accurate portrayal of the, the skill of that weapon. However, each weapon controls so differently that sometimes you might get a weapon that you just don't like the way it controls. Right. Like, that most of the clubs, I don't really like. The, the Craglanch cannon is, is my jam. So. I also like, I got, I got like a 290 electroshock arm. That is fantastic. <laughs> I just got your message about that. <laughs> <laughs> is there a best weapon in the game? I don't know. I think it's all personal preference. I, I mean, I've I heard a lot of people in, in the NeoGAFs talking about how the beam claws are, are pretty amazing because they have a very good rapid fire. But, I mean, and then there's of course some of the, the weapons you have to unlock. Which, I don't even know if those are fundamentally better. I know I just got uh, one of the Zodiac weapons, the, the Sagittarius bow, and I do not like that at all. There are, are bows that I like way more. Um, and we're trying to figure out the base stats for each weapon as well. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, hopefully we'll be able to deliver on this guide that you can find over at the website. You can get all the AR cards. You can soon be able to look at all the weapon fusion tables. We'll have stuff like, you know, What's hidden in each chapter? Um, it's gonna be a lot of work, but it's gonna be pretty awesome when all is said and done. But I think that just about does it. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, thanks for Alex and Pat for joining me in this this romp through memory lane of last <laughs> night. 
And hopefully we'll be able to do this again and often. And if, if you want to play with us, don't hesitate to email us at connectivity at internalworldboard.com. And maybe uh, send some listener mail, because we could always use that. We love talking to people through their email while we record a podcast. <laughs> All right, later, guys. Bye. All right, and that will do it for another episode of Connectivity. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. I mentioned it before, but you can follow us all on Twitter. If you go to the main page of Nintendo World Report, you'll find a little uh, Twitter sidebar, and from there you can find all our usernames. Now, if you'd like, please stick around and uh, enjoy a bonus segment about Journey. We'll see you next week. Welcome to this little bonus section uh, with myself. This is Mike Sklens, and I'm here with Zachary Miller. Yo, yo. We are going to be talking about uh, the PlayStation Network game Journey, uh, which I actually just read today has become the fastest-selling game on the PlayStation Network. Really? Uh, as, far as, like, del- as far as, like, direct downloads. Or it had most direct most downloads in its first week than any other PSN exclusive or something like that. Wow. It's very successful, um, which is excellent news because it's a great game. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know what Journey is, I guess we should start with a brief, uh, a brief description. Uh, it's a game where uh, you play a little dude. He kind of looks like a Jawa from Star Wars. Yeah, or, with or a, she, a long the red cloak. Yeah, and the, and the glowing yellow eyes. But it's uh, it's an, it, of indiscriminate gender, so it could be a guy or a girl. Uh, and you might have ruined, you might have ruined the ruined the game for me now that you compared it to a Jawa. <laughs> That's all I see every time I look at it. But um. You start in the desert, you're standing in the desert, and you are sort of beckoned towards this giant mountain in the background, and you you go to the mountain, and that's the uh, that's the entire game. It's the whole game. You just walk forward, basically. Yep, walk forward and uh, look at pretty visuals and... Listen to incredible music. Yeah, the music in this game is... It's really good. It's something that I would want to, like, if I meditated, I would want to have a copy of this soundtrack to just put on while I meditated. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the first couple areas when it's still very, very, very serene. Nice. Yeah, and, and then, and even in the later areas when it gets, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a little more dangerous, it's still uh, very, the, the, the music is subdued, but it's very tense, and, I mean, it's really effective, the whole music in the whole game is incredibly effective. 
Yeah, and of course it's uh, I think it's adaptive. So as things happen on the screen, yep. the music you know adjusts, and so if things get a little more whimsical or a little more uh, dangerous, the music will adjust on the fly accordingly. It's a, uh, it's it makes for a really wonderful like thing to just look at. Like um, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend Amanda's downstairs playing it right now. I was going to play it like for 10 minutes before we started recording this segment. And she said, no, 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 I want to play it. I've been dying <laughs> to play it. So I let her play it. And I just sat there and watched it. And it's like basically as good, almost as good to watch this game as it is to play it. Oh, yeah. Especially if you've already gone through it once and you know like what's going on. You can watch it and you can see what the other person is see- like seeing for the first time. You can kind of see it again through their eyes. But at the same time, you get to sit there and revisualize it all yourself. This is true. This is true. I should do that. I should force my wife to play it. <laughs> Honey, all you got to do is press forward on the stick. Just keep going. Every now and then you jump, and every now and then you chirp. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the gameplay in this uh, in Journey is, I mean, it's so simple, but it's it's really like almost like you know boiled down and refined, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, it's it. I wouldn't want it to be any more complicated. Yeah, the, there's. I mean, there's a tutorial in that, like, before you have to do something for the first time, it puts a little overlay on the screen of the PlayStation controller, and it just says, press or hold. Right. And that's like, that's it. I like that. Um, yeah. Although I don't, I don't, I don't twist the controller around to change the camera. I actually use the right, the left stick, or right stick. Oh, you can do that? I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, well, that's good, because the, the tilting with the controller, it's nice. And it's an easy. I think. I think the reason it's in there is that it's, it's like a pretty organic motion that for someone like if someone's going to play this game and they're not big into video games, like right. the two the two analog sticks on a controller. I guess I've been told by lots of people that they are apparently intimidating to non gamers. <laughs> oh, those controllers are so complicated. I don't want. Well, okay. Well. Oh, that's why the 3DS you, only has one stick. Yes, gotcha. probably actually. <laughs> there probably is some crazy market research back in there somewhere that says two sticks are too complicated. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's really organic to just shift the camera with the controller. Uh, it makes it, I guess, probably a lot more approachable to people. Sure. Uh, yeah, and then I mean, the only real gameplay element, or extraneous gameplay element, I should say, is finding glyphs. I mean, if you want to, you can roam around each stage and find uh, these little symbols that will increase the size of your scarf. And the yeah. bigger your scarf gets, the longer you can jump. Yeah, that's the only other real gameplay mechanic is scarf equals jump, more scarf equals more jump. Right. And that and you can find those yeah, you can find those little glyphs to extend it, and then uh if you're playing with another person, you can sing and that'll recharge each other's scarves. Right. Well actually so I, I found it recharges around. when you're just next to each other. That's what all you have to do is be next to them, that's right. Yeah. And so you don't have to go normally you have to go hunting around for these little uh Little scarves, these little flying carpet thingies, right? Or little little flying scraps of carpet, and they like they recharge your scarf for you. Or you can find one of the big actual flying carpets and take it for a ride, and that's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I like how playful those carpets are. I do too, and they make they're little, so little chirpy noises. Yeah, you know what they they remind me exactly of the flying carpet in Aladdin. With yes. like, it's kind of like a dog where it's like, oh my god, you're here, let's go do this thing. <laughs> like, Follow me, follow they're, me. Yeah, they're really playful, and I love, I love how like, like how playfully they're designed. It's kind of I've never seen something like that in a video game before. Maybe. Yeah, me neither. And and I mean they have so much character, but they're just a carpet. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much life they manage to to imbue in with 
uh, imbuing him them. Yeah, yeah. And even, I mean, even your character, even though you're just really just wandering around, I, there's, especially in the cutscenes, you get kind of a sense of the character's, uh, you know, emotional journey through this. Yeah. I should we I guess we should say sooner rather than later in this segment that we are going to be spoilering uh the hell out of this game. Oh yes. So if you haven't played it yet, um we should go play I would say, it. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say if you want to get a good idea of what it's about without having it completely spoiled, go listen to last week's Radio Free Nintendo yes. where Johnny Metz talks about it cuz he talks about it and it's basically spoiler free. Like they talk about the kind of stuff that we've been talking about so far, but they don't really go that much further beyond. They do a much better job of explaining what the game is about probably. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, we were speaking of, um, uh, like how you can stand next to somebody else and it'll recharge your scarf. Um, that, that, I guess that's a good bridge to the topic of the game's multiplayer, which is probably the most, uh, talked about aspect of Journey is that when you play this game, if your PlayStation's online, um, and someone else out there is playing this game and their PlayStation is online, it'll zap you, like, into each other's worlds, like a, like an instance in an MMO, except it's just the two of you. It's random. Uh, it, you, it's, yeah, and it's random. You have no control. And you don't who know the who they is. are. Uh, you know, you don't know if they've played the game before. It's just. Well, you might know if they've played the game yeah, before. Yeah, because they, because they can show you where things are, but. Or they can, if they have the white tunic. Oh, that's true. If you get all of the collectibles in the game, all the little glyphs, you get rewarded with a white tunic. So if um, if you play with a white tunic, you know that person obviously has played before. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I guess that's not necessarily true, though. They could be the friend of somebody who owns oh, the game. Oh, that's true, yeah. Well, now we're getting into but it. But I would say it's safe to assume that they um, they probably know what they're doing, or maybe their friend who is sitting right next to them on the couch knows what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's. I mean, you can't. The only thing you can do with other people is wander around and, and chirp at them uh, by pressing the circle button, and you let out kind of a tune, um, and you can make it short and quick, staccato, or you can hold down a circle to do a yell, and there's no way to grief people. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, about the worst you could do is probably just circle around them the entire game and just go chirp, 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 <laughs> chirp, 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 for like an hour and a half. Right. I guess that that would be annoying. That I guess that would be bad. Right. Like that's but that's no one's going to do that. No. Cuz even if they're doing that if they're around you the whole time they're at least recharging your scarf for you. That's true. <laughs> so you like even though they're being annoying at least they're having a positive pot of positive benefit for you that that you can fly basically forever. Yes, a net benefit to the annoyance. Yeah. yeah. But uh and and they really serve no purpose. I mean they don't Ultimately, they don't help you get through the game. It's just that they're on the same journey you are. And yeah, it can make the game a little easier because it, it makes it easier to fly forever. So you can, like, skip things that, like, there's that one section where you have to build the bridges. Yep. Oh, you you can, could skip that entirely if you had another person with you. You could, if you were good enough and in sync enough with each other, you could just soar across the whole thing without true. ever building the bridges. <laughs> In fact, you get a trophy for uh, getting across there without building all the bridges. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's – and I always like seeing people. Like, it's one of the few games that I actually enjoy, really, truly enjoy the multiplayer of because it's just, yes. just another person walking along with you and you kind of chirp to each other and, oh, look what's over here. And it's uh, it's really nice. It's really, I don't know calming i guess the whole game is calming yeah we would uh, it's really interesting like 
all you can do is basically like you could do Morse code, I suppose. If you and the other person on the on the other line happen to be like, I don't know, have, I don't know what are the odds of two people playing this game that both know Morse code? Very low. And then being and then that the fact that they would also be matched up randomly. Yes. Because and I don't think I, I guess it would probably be nice. They were talking about this on Radio Free Nintendo. It would be nice if you could. Um, play with your friends if you wanted, like, after you beat the game, if it unlocked that option. Right. I guess that would be kind of neat. It would also be nice if maybe in the algorithm, if one of your friends was online playing Journey, like, they get try and choose one of them. It would try and choose them if possible. Yeah. But you wouldn't know it was them until the very end. Because at the very end, it shows the, All the, people the ID you... of the person you played with. Yeah. Or a couple of people if you, if you dilly-dally and get left behind or leave the other person behind. Right. Yeah, no, I I really like the multiplayer. It doesn't take away at all, and it, I think it only adds to the game. Yeah, and especially if you manage to get someone early on and you go through the whole game with them, especially the first time you go through the game. That's really cool. It's like this giant emotional impact, and it's... I mean, I've played, you know, so-called, you know, arty art games, like artsy-fartsy games or whatever, which Journey definitely is. I, not to say that in a negative way, but it's definitely, like, going for the emotional jugular as opposed to most games which don't. Right. And I've played a couple games, like Flower is a good example of a game like that, but Journey is so much more successful in that regard. Oh, yeah. Flower was, like, really beautiful, and it was really nice to look at, and, like, I got the message of it all. You know, like, obviously it's a very environmentalist message and and such, but it doesn't quite have the same impact that Journey does. Journey's much more personal, I think. Yeah. Maybe because you're playing a... A, a character that you can more identify yourself with. You can't identify yourself with a flower petal. No. no. But when the guy on the screen is like a little dude with two legs and two arms. He doesn't even have arms. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess I just assume they're under the, uh, under, under the, the cloak. Tunic. Yeah. I, I assume so too. You never know. <laughs> armless, armless <laughs> wonders. Armless Jawas. Yes. Oh God. But yeah. The multiplayer in this game is something that I hope other games can learn from and, there's no way for anyone to call you a faggot <laughs> or to insult your mother or, you know, it, they might be an annoying 12-year-old, but you can't tell, so who cares? There is no teabagging in, in uh, Journey. Yeah, and I mean, it probably also helps that the kind of people who are going to play Journey are not those people anyway. <laughs> like, the guy who only buys Madden and Call of Duty every year is not going to buy Journey. Yes, exactly. And if he does, maybe he'll learn something wonderful about himself. <laughs> but I don't. He's not going to be there, and he's not going to. He's not going to grief you. Right. He won't ruin it for you. Yeah, it's all. It's a universally uh, collection of extremely nice people that own this game, <laughs> which is what makes it so great. Yeah, it's. Oh, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it, and just all that that part where you're like. Surfing through the sand. That is my it, favorite part of the whole it's game. It's so much. F I wish that I. It would be so much fun if you got in there with like a person that you knew, or even if I mean, even if it's a stranger person, and you just kept running up that hill and tried to like race each other down it. Ooh yeah. That would be so. And then you could have so much fun. It's kind of like a little playground, um, in certain parts of it. Other parts are much more dark. Should we get into those? Yes. But first, uh, I want to say that I have almost. I've only. I've only teared up at one other game, and that was Metal Gear Solid 3 at the very end. Um, but this game made me tear up. Um, yeah, it's got a real emotional, like, gut punch to it. Yeah, it does. And, and the sand, the sand surfing level made me, uh, tear up a bit. It's just so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, at the end of the game, it'll make you tear up for other reasons. Oh, yeah. 
opposite reasons. That whole part where the story of this game like really intrigues me. I mean, I guess it seems to me like the parallel they're trying to draw is 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 uh, that the red fabric is, I guess, this obvious energy source that the Jawas take and they they use it for everything and it's benevolent, but then it corrupts them because it's a it's a scarce resource. And ba- I I mean, it seems to me that I. Maybe I'm just a giant hippie, but it seems to me that they're obviously talking about oil. Oh, could be, yeah, yeah. Well, what it is is you're you're wandering through the ruins of a civilization. Yeah. And you're, and after every at the end of every level, you get kind of a an insight into how the society fell um, through a, through a little cutscene and very cool hieroglyphics. I really like. The, yes. Uh, hieroglyphics that they use um so yeah in the beginning it seems like uh they were an agricultural society um who then developed uh technology i suppose it's kind of a similar thing to flower and yeah the technology kind of took over and kind of got away from them and then eventually the uh you know the earth or whatever planet they're on was ruined and a lot of them left that's my take. I could be wrong. That's the great thing about the game. You don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess my assumption, I, I never got the impression that they left. My impression was that, um, like, they, they like, I guess they, like, they got in fights over it, and then, the like, they built war machines that were powered by all this technology, and they used them to kill each other, and they kind of killed themselves off is what I guess, what I figured Oh, okay, happened. that could be it, too. Well, the, the reason I thought they I left. I get that from, I think. The reason I thought they left is there's that one scene where, uh, you see the little Jawa guys on the backs of the uh, mechanical flying snake things. Yes. So I wondered if, if that's how they got away from the ruins or something. Oh, that's so interesting. My my, my uh, take on that was that they were riding them, like, like into battle or something. Oh, that could be. It could be. So, that's so interesting. And either of our ideas is equally valid. Exactly. Yeah, so that was my interpretation of it, and then um, somehow life is reborn, and you um, you are taking this journey to discover your past, and so you'll have, um, I guess, reverence for life. Yeah, that's yeah. That that was my my only real question with it is that, uh, you know, you're clearly dead already. Um, are I see? I I took it as some sort of reincarnation thing. Oh, it could be. Well. The reason I think they're dead already is that the whole world is littered with grave markers. Yes, that, I guess. Yeah, it is, I guess. Especially at I the very beginning are... of the game, the first thing you come across is a huge graveyard. Yeah, I guess I thought that those were um, markings of people who had taken the journey prior to you. Oh, maybe, but then why are there grave markers in the last level, too? Well, maybe because they died in the snow. Yeah, my assumption was that they died on the way. Hmm. So maybe you're you're reborn at your grave at the beginning, and then yeah. you die in the snow. I can see yeah, that. that. That's could cool. Be. That could be. This is. I mean, it's a very. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll get, we'll get the meaning of, of a journey at the end of this podcast. <laughs> but but it is. You know, that's something that's really uh, phenomenal. That last little, the last level, is the longest level. It's yeah. the longest for a good reason. Like, you really feel the struggle to get up to that mountain. and then Yeah, and then, oh, it's like, at, right at the end, 
when like you're at the very very end and you can feel the you can feel your heartbeat in the controller yes. and it goes ba bump ba bump ba bump ba bump and it gets slower and slower and slower so that great. was like it was kind of almost terrifying yeah and then and actually as that's happening the mountaintop gets covered in clouds and you can't see where you're going anymore yeah you completely lose um Lose focus. I guess I haven't done it, but I, I've read that. I guess you can draw in the sand at the very end or something. Oh, really? Or maybe people are talking about maybe they're drawing patterns by walking or something. I don't know because someone said that they. I was reading. Someone said they drew a heart in the sand, and then the other the other person that they were playing with drew the other half of the heart, and it made me want to cry. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. Yeah, that that's a really effective uh, effective scene, and then and then like, and then the. The complete opposite happens. It's all happy all of a sudden, and uh, and that last walk towards the um, towards the light, like yes, go into the light. Go into the light. When that was happening, I was like, "Oh, I see what's going on here." Uh, yeah, it's nice, but I almost thought that it was going to end on like a giant down note, and it was going to be like, "Ha ha, life sucks," oh. or something. But it doesn't. It ends so positively, and it made me so happy. It does. And then the the ending theme during the credits is phenomenal. Yeah, like, it's absolutely gorgeous. I want that on my iPod. We didn't even talk about the uh, the parts where you go through the Rune Civilization and you have to like go past those like robot dragons. Oh, those are scary, dude. Yeah, because you don't like you don't have anything you can do against them. Yeah. They just sometimes they they get in your way and they jack you up. Yeah. When when one of I had successfully avoided all of them until the very end um uh and one just comes out of nowhere and it like lifted me into the sky and tossed yeah. me aside and i was like oh yeah. fuck yeah and then you lose some of your scarf you lose almost all of your scarf yeah yeah you lose all, yeah basically all of it. it stinks and then there's the part right after that with the snow where like with the biting cold wind and you you're it the it's so cold you can't even keep energy in your scarf unless you huddle next to the person next right, to you. Right, right. It's this little glow of light as you go through the, the tundra. <laughs> I wanna play the game again. I know, <laughs> I wanna play it right now. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's phenomenal and, and everybody should play it. I mean it it's fifteen dollars and that might seem like a lot for a you know, two hour game, but just play it. I mean, yeah, it's 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 worth it. It's like a fine wine. Yes, like all wine comes in a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle, but some of them are six dollars and some of them are six hundred dollars. Right. And this is that. It's you know, it's two hours of gameplay for fifteen dollars. It it doesn't sound good on the economy scale, but it's it's worth every penny of it and more. Oh yeah, and you can it. It's the kind of game that's meant to be played multiple times. It's so short that it's not a problem at all to play it multiple times. Yeah. And no part of the game drags. There's not a second where you're thinking, come on, come on. Yeah. Well, I think that's everything we uh we have to say. Do you have any final thoughts, Zach? You know, I, I hate to see these guys leave. This is that game company, and this was their third and final game for PS uh, for Sony. Oh, I did not know that that was their final game for the PlayStation. Yep. Wow. Well, I'm excited to see whatever the hell they make next, because I'm sure it'll be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. But everyone... They're going to be one of... Go ahead. Everyone should play this game, seriously. Yeah, they're going to be one of those companies that they don't need a publisher anymore. They could probably fund everything on Kickstarter just on the strength of their fans. Yeah, that's true. Because the games they're making aren't going to cost a ton of money to make. No, 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 no. I mean, how many people work at that game company? I think it's less than 10, isn't it? Well, the credits took a while. 
Okay, but how much of that was Sony publishing? Oh, good point. Anyway, th- I think they could fund fund something um, with uh, with crowdsourcing, like on Kickstarter. I think that would be great. I would love to see. What, I, I will play whatever they make until they make a bad game. <laughs> uh, I didn't play Flow. I didn't either, but, uh, but I watched a friend play it, and it, it just looks kind of mindless. It looks like Snake, but really pretty. But right. <laughs> everything from, I mean, they've only got Flower and Journey, but I'll, I will trust everything they make until they make a bad game, at which point I will then get a little more discerning in whether or not I buy it. But I will buy whatever game they have out Heck on yeah. day one, as long as they keep making them this good. Yeah, I, I love it. All right, so play Journey, uh, enjoy it, and send us your emails or tweets or whatever. Send us your interpretation of it. Yeah, send us your interpretation of Journey, and um, maybe we'll have another segment in the future, and we'll be able to go over all of those. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. All right, Nice talking to you, Zach. Nice talking to you, Mike. Bye. Bye.